0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year. April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis and we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological planetary and evolutionary cycles we are a part of this is really going to be an amazing virtual festival i do hope that you will join us we have tickets for sale now the link is in the show notes but you can go to sacred all right let's get to our guest today Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I have a great guest for you. I know you guys love talking about and listening um, to this topic. So my guest today is Carol Obley, and she is the author of three books we have here, Embracing Ties That Bind, I'm Still With You, and Soul to Soul Connections, actually four books, and her newest book that just came out, Wisdom from the Spirit World. She's done over 10,000 readings for people, and she's communicated with souls who have crossed into the spirit world through thousands of private and group sessions
1: um, so carol welcome to the path 11 podcast hi april thanks so much for having me it's great to be here Yes, yeah, it's very great to have you.
0: And I know we're going to talk a little bit about the Akashic Records, uh, the fact that you can do those readings, you're able to go into a person's um, file. You also have a term called soul map, which I would like to learn a little bit more about. But I'd also like to know how you came uh, into the work that you're doing now. So maybe you can give us a little bit of background about your life and um, how you came onto your spiritual path. And then, you know, here you are communicating with
1: souls that have crossed over. I'll give you the consolidated version <laughs> of how I came to do this work. Uh, and actually um, in my first two books, um, embracing the ties that bind, and then I'm still with you. Uh, true stories of healing grief through spirit communication. I, I lay out my whole kind of life bio. And um, so unlike some other mediums, I didn't come to do the work until I was uh, a little bit older in my mid to late 30s. And um, that came about through a catastrophe or a tragedy that I had. And that was a fire. And uh, it burned me out of the business that I was doing at the time and put me squarely on this pathway. Um, so I was born with a sensitive ability and as a child, I was always aware of that. And, um, you know, I've studied many, many years of astrology as well. So, um, you can usually see those sorts of things if you look at an individual's, uh, natal or birth chart. And so, um, you know, we all come in with certain predispositions or skills, and so I, I was born with a sensitivity to energy or to the spirit world, but I didn't develop it until much later in life. Mm-hmm. And I took a lot of training. I continue to learn and grow and evolve. You really can't rest on your laurels doing this sort of work. Um, there's always a refinement that's, that's going on as the conduit as the vessel Um, so you know a lot of training you can have a skill you can have a sensitivity if you think of the analogy perhaps of of an athlete somebody can be born with athletic abilities but you know the person has to train and you know have a lot of dedication to that pathway to make the olympics or whatever or to be a professional athlete so it's kind of the same story um, with this sort of work with, with being a medium.
0: Yeah, that's really refreshing to hear. I'm in my early 40s right now. And I just basically got a calling to start to work, I guess, more professionally into the world of mediumship. Um, I've, Like you, I've always had that sensitivity, um, you know, came from a very intuitive family. Um, I've had a lot of experiences with being an energy healer and having contact with souls who have crossed for my clients. But I've never really have done it or would ever call myself a medium. It's just if those messages were to come in during my sessions, I would deliver them, you know, to my clients. And I uh, more recently had a reading. And the medium had said to me, I think you're going to be doing this work. And I think it's really important that you take your, your spiritual path to this next journey. And and this medium had saw this in me. Now, as a, an energy healer, there are certain students or people that come across my path and you can see something in them, like you see that they have the potential to be this energy healer. So I'm kind of excited about that because I know that many times other healers, or maybe mediums, shamans, whatever can recognize uh, those skills and talents in others. So I kind of based a little bit of my trust of having somebody that does this work to see this within me and say, All right, well, I'll give it a try. If nothing else, it'll probably help to continue my intuition. And will I do the work? Will I not? I'm not sure. But um, I'm kind of happy to hear that it's that you kind of did that a little bit in midlife, because that's what I'm about to venture into now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody, each soul is where they're at. And that, that sounds kind of silly, but um, I had other karma, um, you know, unfinished business to work out earlier in my life. And so I, I um, really feel and know uh, intuitively that that's why I didn't come onto the pathway until a little bit later. And, um, you know, this is a calling. It definitely is, um, you know, it's a dedication to a life of service. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to earn money also doing it. Cause certainly, you know, we, we have to be compensated for training, for time, um, for our skill. Uh, but there's also a, there's integrity and in ethics, involved in this field and um, I can feel just by talking with you for five minutes that you you have those qualities Um, and interestingly I want to comment on this too April Um, I started many years ago with energy healing I was highly trained with spiritual healing I took many um, you know a lot of training on that I volunteered For about a decade, doing hands on healing at a healing sanctuary and a metaphysical center that is near where I live. Um, So that's how I started. And I'm also a Reiki master. Uh, For those who don't know, Reiki is a Japanese healing modality, um, you know, where the person, the healer, so to speak, is the conduit for universal life energy. Um, So, you know, we start where we start and what that does is it opens up the consciousness to uh, a service orientation and to embrace these things called the inner senses, um, which I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of. And we've all heard of clairvoyance, which means seeing clairaudience is listening and clairsentience, which are both emotions. For example, the spirit people might impress us with different emotions. Um, It's also sensations within the physical body. For example, if someone passed, um, you know, from a big heart attack, when I am doing readings, I will get the thought of, um, you know, a tightness or a restriction in the chest doesn't actually happen. Um, But that's an example of uh, clairsentience. So those inner senses, every individual has. It's a matter of developing them much like, you know, when we lift weights in the physical body that those muscles will develop. And, uh, you know, the more that we use them, the stronger they become. It's the same thing with the inner or psychic senses.
0: Yeah, interesting when you kind of talk about how you had some of this karma, maybe to clear up. And like you said, we're all on our path. So maybe whenever the call comes, you know, you answer it, but my mom had passed away in 2019. And I would say, you know, That relationship with her probably was a very karmic relationship. And I could see how maybe my mom's passing needed to happen before all of me could maybe move into um, something like this, because it was so emotionally charged. And, you know, she struggled with her own mental health issues and addiction issues. And, you know, when you have a parent or a family member that is going through that, there's always this this worry, this fear in the back of your head. When are you going to get the phone call? Are they okay? Are they alive? Have they passed? And it's been a year now. And, you know, to not have that running in my energy system constantly, and now that she's passed in that peace, I feel, um, you know, again, I can't put my finger on it, but there's the sense and this intuition that there is something more that's ready to open uh, up for my life, which is interesting, too. You know, as you say, like, we kind of have to work through a lot of these things and then you know different things can develop on our spiritual path so that's what came to mind when you had said that you you know had to work through some of that stuff before entering into this field
1: yes um you know we as as a conduit you have to clear your own field in order to be a clear channel yeah for spiritual energies and that's why for years and years and years. I'm, I'm going on three decades of giving readings. It's probably, I've probably done well over um, 11,000. I think I don't, I, I have to constantly update my bio because I'm constantly working and giving readings. However, um, there is a world of difference between when I first started and now. And a lot of that has to do With clearing up my own stuff, Uh, meditation, which is essential to going above the rational mind, you will never hear spirit in your rational mind. Um, It's in the spirit mind. And um, when I teach mediumship, because I'll be starting my six part module uh, next week with foundations of mediumship. I really emphasize the importance of meditation. And it doesn't mean, you know, you're going to go off and sit on a satin pillow somewhere and sit in, you know, complex poses. Meditation is simply, uh, you know, closing your eyes where you're at, focusing on the breath. It's called mindfulness and allowing your, your attention to go away from the rational mind. Yeah. And that helps to clear out a a lot of things. Um, I have a sense with you, if I may, that that was, yes, absolutely um, a very strong karmic relationship with your own mom. And sometimes, well, almost all the time. And, um, you know, I'm going to bring up this topic of the Akashic Files because I do write um, the whole first section of wisdom from the spirit world. Uh, which is my latest book, is dedicated to talking about these things called the Akashic Files. The Akashic Files are energetic records, um, energetic imprints, if you will, of everything that our souls have done since the beginning of time, when whenever that was. And so these karmic relationships that we have with parents, with spouses, with friends, with employers... Um, it's it's always amazing to me, you know, what we've planned before we've come here and how magnetically we're drawn to those souls if they're not in our family. Um, but I will tell you that the experience that I have in doing many, many readings and al- along with Akashic file readings is that we do in fact plan uh, to experience certain things We don't grow when things are going good. You know, we're a stubborn lot. Human beings, you know, when our back is up against the wall, when we experience suffering, when we experience challenges, that's our time to evolve and grow. And so your relationship with your mom, and for anyone who's listening, if you've had a difficult relationship, um, with a parent or a sibling or whoever it might be, within that is the potential for growth. If we take off the blinders and we can reach down into that root and see what's going on there and what are the qualities, what are the lessons that are coming up for me in that particular relationship.
0: Yeah, I always say she's been my best teacher. (laughs) I mean, yeah, she really definitely taught me a lot and, you know, gifted me probably with a lot of the sight that I have. Um, Now, is a soul map similar to a soul contract? Like you're saying in these karmic relationships or that we plan before we come in, I've heard the term soul contract. Is a soul map different or is it very similar and just a different terminology to be used?
1: Yeah, well, in all of my books, I, um, I don't use the word contract. First off, I, I use blueprint. And the difference is um, blueprints are more of an open design that the soul chooses. Again, we're talking now on a soul level, not not on a personality level or on a conscious or rational mind level. But on a soul level, the blueprint is the intent the intent that the soul makes um, prior to being born as, as a little infant. And the soul map are, it is sort of the navigation that each person possesses through this thing called intuition. Uh, intuition is the compass. If we think of what is a map, well, it's a directional um you know, thing that 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 we have, and we can look at and go, okay, this is a direction I want to go into. This is the route that I need to take. So uh, I write about soul maps in Wisdom from the Spirit World, uh, so that people can really understand that they have within them the potential through their own uh, spirit given gift of intuition to feel. And to inherently know the direction that they need to be traveling to eliminate suffering, to transcend karma, to heal and balance, and you know, to grow. That's that's the only reason we come here to begin with, is to allow more of that light. We all we all hear and talk about the light. You know, what is the light? It's the core. Uh, that that is inside of this physical vehicle, and that is the spark of the divine. The soul map helps us to navigate closer to that light. Now, when
0: I think of a map, and this kind of, I've asked a couple of people this question be to- before, too. Um, it's kind of like, is our life predestined? But we have some wiggle room to get to the destination on the map. You know, where does free will come into play where, okay, you know, here I am, point A, I want to get to point B, but I can take many different routes to get there you know, um, so there's a little bit of free will in which route I'd like to choose to get to my destination. Um, So I guess I'd like to hear your perspective on that, too. Do you really think that uh, things are predestined? Is there this thing of free will that can change and shift the outcome of the destination that's on this map? Um, What are your thoughts about that?
1: I couldn't have explained that better than you. (laughs) That's exactly right. Um, A contract, if you think about a, a, a legal contract, there's no wiggle room in that. I mean, in a court of law, you take a contract that's been signed. Okay, here's the proof. These are the terms. And this is what it means. And that is precisely why I, I did not, use, I, I don't talk about contracts. I talk about blueprints. Yeah. Why is that more open-ended? Because it's exactly what you said. There's wiggle room. There is choice in that, for example, if I, and you know, I'm a person who learns and all my life I've learned through somebody giving it an example, it makes it more, you know, more clear, I guess. So say that I, as a soul, I haven't been born yet, and I uh, decide, you know, I really need more experience, um, and I need to evolve in the area of the quality of compassion. And so I put that in my blueprint. And so I'm born, and as I continue to uh, grow up, I'm presented with options as far as compassion. Now, I could have been born into a family perhaps, um, that showed me absolutely no compassion. Um, A parent who was abusive, um, you know, uh, addiction. Uh, These are patterns, uh, you know, and I've written about these um, in Wisdom from the Spirit World. So I I could meet that uh, part of my blueprint by being born into and choosing, choosing on a soul level that type of environment and that type of um, parental line or ancestral line to be born into. On the other hand, I could choose to be born into a wonderful family, you know, kind of like I'm probably dating myself with this, but the Beaver Cleavers, (laughs) uh, which was an old sitcom, you know, of, uh, you know, mom and dad are both there and, you know, the children are loved and I'm honored, you know, all of this. Um, And I could make a decision later on where I feel very pulled to work with abused and abandoned children or uh, the elderly. I could go into the healthcare field. I could go into, um, you know, being a medium. I, I can tell you personally that my compassion for people has been greatly expanded and amplified since I have done so many readings People who are in grief, having lost a loved one, some of them quite tragic, uh, overdoses, uh, children who are lost, suicides, all of that sort of thing. Um, so there, that's where the wiggle room comes in, where we can have multiple, um, as you were saying, multiple pathways, multiple directions. And that is the value of free will. So, you know, I That's what I have personally seen, and I will tell you that in everything I've written in all four books, and I'm going to be starting another book soon, and in all of my readings and my teachings, I do not believe in determinism, but I know because I've seen it firsthand that we do in fact plan um, with these blueprints and these soul maps before we are born.
0: Yeah, so interesting. And, and going back to a little bit of the Akashic records, what is the value in that? Um, you know, if people were to come for a reading, I think sometimes too, as I get older, um, I definitely have more respect for all of these different, um, I guess, abilities that people can have. And I kind of want to say too, I'm not sure why I'm feeling like I need to say this, but I'll say it. And maybe it's because you believe this too, when you were talking about the ethics of this work and, and stuff that we need to do is that I don't think it should be, um, Necessarily tapped into for fun. Oh, I want an Akashic reading. I want to know what my records say, because I think sometimes people don't really understand the sacredness of this work or really understand like the information that might even be delivered to them or the knowledge that they could receive from somebody like you who is able to look into these records and to, you know, if If you're looking to get a reading of something like this to do it with the intent of or to have some sort of intent behind it rather than for entertainment purposes, or oh, I'm just curious. But you know, I'm wondering if the value for getting a reading like this is really to incorporate it, to hear what you would have to say about our Akashic records and somehow, some way use the information to better our lives or to help us understand something in the past that maybe we were stuck and couldn't heal. So I'd like you to talk about what the value of uh, going into our Akashic records, Uh, you know, what is the value of that?
1: Yes. Well, Exactly as you said, um, years ago from the beginning, I would say to people, you know, at at that time, by the way, I I had been trained to do past life regressions. And in the new book, I give a very remarkable, astonishing um, example of a gentleman who came to me for that sort of thing, and that was back in the day that I was actually doing regressions with people. Now, what I do are simply, um, you know, tuning in, uh, reading their akashic file, and helping them in that way. Um, in any event, the value is for healing. Um, you're exactly right. It shouldn't be. Um, well, you know, I think I might have been Cleopatra. in a a past life or, you know, I was a king or a queen or whoever it might have been. The fact is most of us were not well known. We weren't extraordinary, famous people. Uh, You know, we might have been peasants. We might have been just, you know, everyday people. So um, the value is really to look at the core themes, the core themes that are coming through because, Most of the time, if those haven't been balanced or healed in in previous um, lifetimes through service or through the meeting of karma with, you know, sort of the opposite um, of, of the action that we did. And by the way, that's what karma means. It's cause and effect. That's all that it is. It can be positive, negative, neutral. It simply means every action has an equal reaction to it. The value is for healing and to go beyond these patterns, to go beyond these, pardon me, cyclical um, patterns uh, that continually come up and we find ourselves engaging in some sort of self-sabotage with those sorts of patterns. And we think, you know, doggone it, why can't I get beyond this? I know that I've struggled with that. And I've, you know, I did a lot of sessions um, with some other healing modalities to um, get beyond that. Um, so, it, you know, I don't think we ever completely, we wouldn't be here if we, you know, had it, had it all figured out, we're all working towards that. Um, this is another tool in the toolbox uh, for people who are open to it for people who are interested in getting down into the core um, because energy dealing with energy and recognizing energy is um, sort of a shortcut beyond the rational mind. And, you know, we can do 20 years of talk therapy or we can do sessions um, that deal heavily with energy. Um, And I, I have found in my experience that bypassing the conscious mind, which usually puts up some kind of resistance or denial, um, you know, or fabrication in some cases, um, is a lot quicker and much more effective um, than, you know, doing things in which we're going through our, our mind.
0: Yeah, you brought up uh, like two key words, core themes. And as you are, as you were talking about that, and I think about individuals that come to see me, there really are patterns and themes that seem to constantly show up in their life that they're working on. Um, One of the ones that I see a lot of, because I specialize in working with people with anxiety, post-traumatic stress, and depression, um, but a lot of people on this planet tend to be seeking self-love or really struggling with loving themselves, taking care of themselves, um, getting back to themselves, knowing who they are. I'm wondering, as you do so many readings and uh, have read so many people's Akashic records, do you notice certain themes that play out? And is there maybe anything that you could say today about anyone that is struggling with their self-esteem or ability to love themselves, or maybe struggling with depression, what that might be tied to in the Akashic records. If there, if you have found a theme uh, throughout your years of doing these readings,
1: usually um, some trauma involving the assertion of the self, and that is why i I like to use astrology because and it's the type of astrology and i've studied this is called evolutionary astrology and it deals with certain points and two planets and i won't go into details with them because we have limited time here but um, by looking at the chart and it's important to have the exact moment of birth Uh, because it's going to be much more accurate. By looking at trauma markers in the chart, um, one can see there's that theme that is there, and it may have played out in multiple lifetimes. Um, There's an evolutionary axis, it's called, in the chart, and uh, these things called the lunar nodes Um, And not to get too technical with it in this broadcast, but um, those are very important to consider. And that's something that I use. It's it's another tool. It's another tool. I always use my own ability first and, you know, my own developed through many years of doing this, of my sense, my gut feeling, what I might be seeing clairvoyantly, what, um, you know, I might be hearing through clairaudience. Um, about that person. Sometimes um, the person might have something that, like, for example, in your personal story with a parent, and that theme, if you look at the ancestral inheritance, um, particularly through, um, for example, if it's on mom's side, in in the natal chart, we would look at the moon, because the moon represents the biological mother, It also represents the the individual's feeling predisposition. It also represents karmic instinctual patterns. So um, there's a lot that can be gleaned from looking at the birth chart of an individual. And I usually combine that with my own, um, you know, mediumistic abilities. Um, Long ago, and I just like to say this quickly, how did this even come about for me to be able to see the Akashic Many years ago, I was I was sitting with people. I started doing readings, and I was doing what I call the big two. Uh, the big two are uh, relationships and career or money. And so um, I'd be sitting, giving readings. These were more psychic type readings, and all of a sudden, over the person's right shoulder, uh, there would be a scene that I would would come up, and. You know, so finally I started describing these to the sitter or the receiver of the reading. And my the reactions I would get I, I would get would be like, Oh, that's funny. And whenever I hear that's funny, that's funny, I know that it's dead on, it's something you know that that's really resonating with them. And that's how it all began for me. And then I really, really did in-depth study of the Akashic. And then I took um, intensives on um, uh, karmic astrology and how the birth chart reflects that um, you know, our ancestral inheritance um, also our soul's journey so um, there's different themes um, what you were saying, yes, that is a core theme about um, a person basically, that, I mean, it, that that is so basic and so central of feeling unlovable and um, you know, I can't imagine anything more core to an individual than that. And if we walk around for X number of years feeling that we're not worth anything, uh, that impacts every aspect of life. So now that pattern, it could have originated who knows when, you know, many lifetimes ago. And then it repeated in subsequent lifetimes and in between lifetimes because, you know, we, we are constantly evolving. You know, growth doesn't stop when, when physical life ends. In the spirit world, we're also learning and growing and healing. Um, we could have been, came in with a parent who reflects that to us and really brings it right up in front of our face. I can't think of a more, I mean, the, the relationship between mother and child is so fundamental And it's, you know, that that is our primary relationship with it, with a father, too. Uh, But we think, you know, gee, if mom didn't love me, some people go, you know, you know, my mom never loved me. And so they find that that pattern comes up in adult relationships and marriages. Um, They might start using chemicals. Um, they might self-sabotage, they're afraid of success, they they fear failure. There's many ways that the symptoms can come out. Um, so, you know, the, it really does um, pay off in a big way if you have a fundamental issue like that that has really been troubling you. Yeah. Sometimes people can't put their finger on it. They're like, you know, I don't know why. Right. <laughs> I just... I just feel this. And, um, you know, my mom never validated me. My mom was never there. My mom was narcissistic. Um, You know, whatever you want to put in the blank. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes, you know, it originates, oftentimes it originates with us in previous incarnations. But it's then consolidated. So it's highly intense. And what do we know about intensity? Well, usually we have to face that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of escape from it. We we need to deal with it. Yeah. So it sounds
0: like your readings, you really pack in a lot of different things. It's not just connecting with the spirit world. I mean, you have an element of astro- astrology, your own intuition, psychic ability, the Akashic records, and then the ability to connect. Wonderful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have spent many, many, many years studying and um, anyone in this field who is worth their salt will tell you that you 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 can't rest on your laurels. You got to keep going. And plus, the, it's not about me. It, it's if the more that I study and the more that I can offer people, I, I can be of better service then to people. So that's why, you know, I've studied astrology, oh, probably a good at least 12 years, and I study it daily. (laughs) I go online and look at video tutorials on Mm -hmm. astrology to learn more because astrology is highly complex. There's many layers to it, Um, and I, I, I feel like, you know, maybe I've just scratched the surface, but... I definitely know enough to really help people knowing, you know, the symbolism um, in astrology. So I think it's a matter, you know, the more that we want to refine ourselves as a conduit, the better service that we can offer others.
0: Yeah. As they say, always a student, right? (laughs) Always learning, always a student.
1: Yeah, there is. I, I got news for everybody. There's there's no end. (laughs) <laughs> yep i say that too you know, i'm sure everybody listening and i'm sure too with you april you you've had the experience of going you know the universe sends you another test you go i thought i was finished with that absolutely <laughs> and then it, it comes up and i always say every time that we feel that we've mastered something like you know the the planet that represents that is saturn uh, Saturn is, is the Lord of karma. He brings the lessons to us. Um, so Saturn will send tests to us and say, Oh, okay. You think you've mastered that? Here's your final exam. Right. And, you know, you have to say, Oh, okay. Uh, gee. Um, okay. So what choice do I have? Uh, if I want to pass the exam and move forward, I, I got to, you know, confront this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember going to one of my healers one year and the same thing came up and I said, I am so done talking about this. I thought this was done. And she was like, Oh, honey, it never ends. You know, it's just like, it was another layer to go deeper to heal. So yes. um, yeah, I would agree with you. I'd like to know too, maybe with my final question. Um, Because, you know, in my experience, too, in the work that I'm doing, I feel like spirit is such a teacher, like I'm constantly learning. And I would love to know, in your journey, what has spirit and maybe connecting with uh, those who are past and transitioned out of the physical body? What's some of the learning that you have taken with you? What has spirit taught you?
1: Some of the grand things. Well, in in Wisdom from the Spirit World, the new book, there are... Um, basically 10 lessons. Um, A big one is releasing the past accelerates our spiritual growth. That's one of the lessons that the spirit people have brought through time and time again. And, and what, what is that? It's this thing called forgiveness. So uh, that is a major lesson. Uh, Another one would be our wounds do not diminish the light within Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? Well, there's all kinds of wounds. Um, the example that I give, and I've done many readings for people, you know, the last couple of years, there's been many people who have died from opioid addiction. I've done many readings for parents, uh, spouses, siblings who have lost loved ones to uh, uh, opioid addiction. Um And people, you know, sometimes it's this huge wake up call for them. So they can look at that as a wound. You can go into victim mentality, but that's not going to, that's not going to uh, propel you forward and having the awareness that what, anything we experience in life, any loss, any traumatic event, anything, you know, that we've experienced in the physical plane really does not identify us as that perfect soul it's an experience that we've had but it doesn't limit or define us so that is that's a good lesson another big one those in spirit know about our thoughts and feelings 100 percent they are not out there somewhere; they're right here. The spirit world is right here. It's a matter of raising your antenna to hear it and to sense it. So it's not a place per se; it's a state of consciousness. Another lesson, and this is silly, but it's it's a very basic lesson. There is an afterlife <laughs> because there are certain people who go, "Ah, oh, there's nothing that happens." You know, when we die, that's it. And I can tell you that that's 100% incorrect. There, there is indeed an, an afterlife, and that's not a belief. Um, I've seen it and experienced it directly. So those are some of the lessons. Um, and I dedicate, uh, in, the, in the middle section of this book, I dedicate a chapter to each of the lessons and to help people understand. This is more from a spiritual perspective, Because when those folks come through, when those souls, when those personalities come through, they are speaking from a spiritual perspective. Yes, do they come in with the personality for purposes of identification? Absolutely. But there's also a unique perspective that those in spirit can offer and these guidelines for what really matters, what's really important. That's why I wrote the book to help people understand what really matters and, you know, what kind of wisdom can can somebody glean from having a reading uh, and from understanding, um, you know, this higher perspective or different perspective.
0: Yeah, and uh, one other question too, when you say that the spirit world is right here, you know, it's, it's here right now, what would you say to people that feel like they can't access their loved one, that they're trying to listen, they're trying to talk to their loved one who is transitioned, but they're not hearing anything, getting any signs, feeling connected. What causes that blockage, I guess you could
1: say, from them being able to access uh, well, their loved one? There can be several things. Um, and I'll just say these quickly. Um, Sometimes people try too hard (laughs) and they, 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 you know, it's like, why am I, why aren't I getting this? Why aren't I getting this? I have many people, especially parents who have lost children, doesn't matter the age. They become very depressed or very frustrated because they're, they're saying, why doesn't he or she come to me in a dream? I keep asking them to come to me, give me a dream visitation, give me signs, you know, like through nature or dropping coins or numbers or whatever it can be. Um, And sometimes the person is too close to the forest to see the trees. That's especially um, apropos for people who have lost kids. There is a very intense connection, particularly between mother and child. And sometimes the emotions Uh, Grief is a relatively dense emotion, and it can actually prevent the connection from happening. That's not a criticism, by the way. It's just the nature of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes people are not recognizing the signs. They're expecting like, I don't know, a full body (laughs) manifestation of the person. I can tell you that's very, very rare. Um, It comes through the inner senses. It comes through... Thoughts and feelings. That's how spirit communicates with us through promptings, through urgings, through synchronicity, meaningful coincidence. Um, So there can be a number of reasons why that happens. But if you really want to sharpen your ability to connect, um, you have to get still. And again, that doesn't mean doing complex, you know, hours and hours of meditation. It practice five minutes at a time, maybe a couple of times a day so that you get used to that state. We're we're so used to everything's busy and, you know, what's going on on social media and what's going on here? And our phone is ringing and, you know, everyone is so distracted that stillness seems alien. And so we have to, you know, you kind of have to turn that off and go into the stillness in order in order to be able to connect
0: yeah wonderful I I say you're a natural born teacher you make things so easy to understand and you explain them just so crisp and clear so um, love the fact that that you're teaching modules and things like that Um, I'd love for you to let our audience know where they can reach you if they would like to receive a reading or maybe take some of your classes so where where's the best way to find you
1: um, well, two places. My I, my website, Soul Visions, and that is plural, uh, visions.net, soulvisions.net. And if I may mention uh, my professional Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash soul medium. The word soul, S-O-U-L, plus the word medium. So either of those. And I'm um, um, doing a lot of online teaching Um, I will be offering a um, expert tarot uh, workshop in March, and there'll be other things coming after that, too. Those are under webinars on my website. Oh, fun, fun. That sounds great. Well, Carol, thank you so much. You
0: were a lovely guest. And it was really wonderful talking to you. I learned quite a bit. And uh, I love the concept of the soul map instead of the contract, because I love that flexibility that's there. So that's one of my big takeaways from you uh, today as well. So thank you so much for being on the Path Love Podcast. Thank you, April. Take care. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I will talk to you guys and see you next time. Remember, you can watch these videos on path 11 TV. If you're a visual person like me, and you like to see who I'm talking to, we have the podcast up for free, you don't need a subscription. And uh, you can see Carol's beautiful face and uh, meet her that way. So thank you, everyone. And I will talk to you when I bring my next guest on. Take care, everyone. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you head on over to the sacred sexual website to purchase your tickets for the sacred sexual music festival, or you can visit path 11 productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, this code is actually going to be for path 11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on path 11 TV, and you can start a seven day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code podcast30. Podcast is all in caps and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over a hundred hours of video and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple Path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too. All right. Thanks everyone. Take care.